0: Everybody and welcome to the Myo Minds podcast. I'm your host, George, and here at Myo Minds, we want to demystify mental health and make sharing mainstream within the exercising and sporting community. I really hope you enjoy this episode. Just before we get started, I want to remind you that here on the My Minds podcast, we do often talk about eating disorders, body dysmorphia, exercise addiction, suicide, and other potentially triggering topics. Usually in the description below, I will write down what we talk about specifically in this episode. That being said, I do hope you enjoy this, but please do be careful hello everybody and welcome back to the myo Minds podcast as always I am your host George and today I am here with Lucy Lucy how are you
1: I'm very good thanks George how are you
0: um I'm good it's been I just said to you I've um, we, we actually had to take like a 10 minute break before we started the podcast because I was so out of breath um I fi- <laughs> I finished my my shift about three minutes before the podcast was supposed to start. And then we started the podcast and I had to go grab a different chair because the other one was too squeaky. And I think this one's got a bit of squeak in it, but not too much. Um, So, yeah, Lucy was very kind and let me rest for a moment so I could get my breath back.
1: Not
0: doing enough cardio, George. Yeah, I know. It's so embarrassing, especially with you on the podcast. It was like the worst one for me to (laughs) to show off my terrible cardiovascular skills. Um, People who don't know, uh, Lucy has run cross-country for
1: England. Is that right? Yeah, in my age group, not for England per se, but yeah, in my age group. Still though, still so, very, um,
0: very impressive. I'm
1: a vet at 45, which is quite sad, but anyway, <laughs> there we go. That's how old I am. Um, I was actually thinking, George, when I'd, I'd listened to some of your um, other guests, and I thought, God, I'm, I'm really... Um, sort of hiring the the age group that you, you tend to interview but anyway there we go here I am <laughs>
0: oh well, we want we I think it's good to hear from kind of all ages all people's experience you know everyone um has a different experience and I don't I don't think age really will play a role into it I don't know maybe maybe you think it does do you think do you think it is do you think I don't, something- I, I, I don't know
1: I I don't know I think I think I always sort of perceive this sort of chat as a much younger person's chat but yeah I, I, perhaps perhaps it isn't perhaps i'm 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 just perhaps i've got the wrong view of that i don't know
0: yeah. well, maybe that's a a stigma that we can you know i think mm. in my mind we were all about trying to demystify mental health you know make people understand it it's much more complex and there's much more to it than people realize and maybe this is one of the avenues um,
1: absolutely yeah um, i think i've got a very sort of fixed view about um the the whole sort of mental health athletes age thing mm. i think that's actually quite an interesting point to raise because even though even though i can run fairly good times i still think i'm crap you know <laughs> in comparison to the, the youngsters running you know 1500 and ridiculous times but Mm. actually I suppose for my age I'm perhaps doing okay I don't
0: know well I mean if you got picked for England you've got to be all right at least
1: (laughs) yeah okay I'll say I'm all right
0: (laughs) yeah I think you're you're probably better than um me carrying the chair up the stairs and having to (laughs) wait for 10 minutes um so yeah thank you so much for for coming on Lucy and uh, I guess just to start us off to some point as we've already spoken for a little bit but um you know I know that you've come on today because you want to share your story. And I know a big part of that is to do with uh, eating disorder and at least disordered eating. Um, yeah. can you, can you tell me when, when is it you think that the kind of disordered thoughts and, and things that it went on with you first started to happen?
1: Absolutely. Can, can almost pinpoint it to um, starting my uh, second year at A-levels and um, and I don't, I don't necessarily think that it was to do with the pressure of A levels, although I think that contributed. I think for me it was more to do with and, and actually definitely didn't recognise that this at the time. Mm-hmm. And even it's taken till now for me to start unraveling all the sort of spaghetti that that formed this thing that manifested itself as an eating disorder but I do think that I am probably quite an anxious person with quite an active but anxious mind Mm. and so I think the pressure the, the added pressure of the A levels and always I think I slightly chatted or touched on this with you before the the, the, the fact that I um, always saw myself as average at everything. Mm. So I wanted, I was just desperately striving to be really good at something. And because I had to work really hard to be even average, uh, you know, any of my work or I was quite good at sport, but I wasn't brilliant. And so I think, I think it was this, like I can control this. This is something yeah. I can really control. I can ca- take control and I can do this with absolute gusto i can do this to the max and i'm going to and i did so yeah. um yeah. yeah it was something it was but, something
0: that you could um you know whilst you were someone who uh, and I, I resonate with this myself being someone who puts down your own achievements and thinks that you're always below average or you know not doing good enough it was something yeah. that you could be good enough in
1: it didn't start out as that okay. but it kind of Again, as I touched on with you before, um, I think it kind of the manifestation of that was partly to do with my personality, and and I recognise now that I'm a a probably obsessive, addictive kind of personality. So anything I do, I'm going to do, or try to do, hundred percent, if not more than hundred percent. You know, so for me, it was like I'm going wholehearted into this. I'm I'm going to give this my all and and I found it quite easy in some ways to and well I was at boarding school for a start so you you haven't really got eyes on you all the time and what you're putting into your body or and 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 I think that that was very much an easy thing to do and also I feel like there was quite a lot of it at a low level because I was at an all-girls school I, I think that there was a lot of certainly in those days was an awful lot of dieting and you know the striving to be body beautiful Mm -hmm. skin skinny was the thing then I I, I'm I'm not quite sure whether it's so much that now but it certainly was then and and I was slender anyway but by doing this thing I I was I was becoming the the best you know I was the the one that could do it the best Um, yeah and, and I really did, and, it, and then it, it kind of got out of control and took over my mind almost, mm. rather than just the bodily side of it. Um, and I think I, I became so obsessed that every, as it went on, every thought, every waking thought was about how I was gonna control what was going in next or not going in next, more to the point. Um, I think it, it probably got worse after my A-levels when I went and, and worked in France. And I lived, I lived off um, basically vegetables and fruit and came back. And I think when I came back, my parents were really shocked. Um, I was desperate, I mean, desperately thin. I was taken straight to um, a doctor and referred to a physician. Who, um, I was hospitalized straight away and um, so yeah. you remember what was it, that like
0: so what, what was that like when you first when you went to the doctors after coming back from France and you yeah you know, what was that how was the, the, fri- the, yeah, the I, doctor?
1: I think it was a bit it was a bit frightening and I think the other thing that I found shocking then which now again with hindsight I don't think it is now but mm. oh you, you must be suffering some form of depression what what no what think stupid I can't but actually I think that is a thing I think that is all related um and I certainly think when you're not feeding your body then you're starving all sorts of things and processes and probably hormones and everything that should be allowing you to function in a normal way and I definitely wasn't functioning in a normal way Um, but at the time you're saying
0: that you actually you think you felt like you you at least you thought you were you were doing okay so you didn't realize that you were yeah, feeling I depressed I did. okay okay no
1: definitely not definitely not and and the other thing that I think and, and and I do think sadly that this when you've been that poorly for a length of time and really seriously poorly, that you don't necessarily see yourself as you are. and I think that that dysmorphia, is something that perhaps once you've had it it's very hard to escape from I think that that is probably still a thing for me now mm,
0: yeah and same um, same for me as well but um I, I still um I think one of the things that makes me recognize when I'm my eating disorders getting kind of starting to get its claws back in so to speak is I notice that I'm body checking in the mirror more um so my kind of my normal, one of my first things that I do is, okay, now, whenever I take my top off, I'm not going to look in the mirror. I'm like, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, and that's like a kind of, they're like steps towards, for me, at least, that that's one of the first steps towards trying to um, get back on track, so to speak.
1: Yeah, that's, that's, that's an interesting point. I think, because um, it, that, that to me is like taking a little bit of control, away from the, the issue rather than mm. it controlling you mm. and for, for me now I don't think that that's an issue at all but I I think that what I see in the mirror isn't necessarily what is true mm. um but what I suppose we never know that truly <laughs> it's a difficult one but yeah. I certainly think that that as a lasting effect I think that's probably one of the things that that well, if, if I said anything about the eating disorder that's something that's carried through yeah and and it's one, been one of the time. things it's
0: that... been 23 years wow uh, 23 years wow um I never really thought about this before but you know, there's there's that dysmorphia of the physical being so you know i I um think I look a certain way but actually I look a different way and I, I suppose to to some degree there's a dysmorphia of like the, the mental, thing as well of, of how how I feel because I think when, when tell me if you agree with this and I suppose you kind of said it mm. here you've said it already but when I was at my worst with my eating disorder although I, I I think I objectively did feel down and did feel confused and scared I I don't know if I if I perceived it or if I just told myself it but I thought I had it all under control and I thought I knew what I was doing. Like I thought I was I was on this was this was making me happy, but I suppose it like objectively it wasn't, but that's interesting. Did you have the same?
1: No. No. Uh I knew it wasn't making me happy. Okay. It was definitely not making me happy, but I I actually went from a uh, severe anorexia to, um, into bulimia and that transition happened through a car accident I had um, and I was in hospital for three weeks on interaction because I smashed my hip and pelvis up and um, so I knew I knew in my mind that to get my bones better I had to I'm, I'm gonna have to eat you know you can't live off fruit and veg you know, I'm not going to heal. I'm not going to get better. I'm not going to be able to ride horses like I want to and all of the, the other things I wanted to do. So I, that, that conscious thought was going through my head. So that was a good thing. Um, but obviously I started to eat the, the hospital meals and, and I actually started to enjoy food again. The problem was I started to enjoy food and then fear it as well. So that brought on the, the the next stage, which was the bulimia, which I actually do think was the most frightening. And it, it felt like a complete devil, like it, it totally had got me. Whereas I think the anorexia had, but this bulimia was, all consuming, That this was everything. This was, mm. there was nothing else I thought about. There was nothing else I could think about But you know, um, how am I gonna get rid of this food? Because I've eaten this food now and now I've got to get rid of it. And then you learn this pattern of behavior, which is you can eat and then you can check it up. That, that this is not good. This is, and I, I really wanted, I meant to today to go in the loft and I had a, nine years, I wrote a diary and um, like a five-year diary thing but I wrote it for nine years and I had I remember having little you know parts of it and I wanted to look it up today but I haven't had time but there would be bits in there that would say tomorrow I am going to and I'd write in letters. I am going to stop this you know mm. and I couldn't stop it I, w- I was just it was just out of control it was horrible 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 um and it had me I hadn't got it and I think part of again part of my personality is to like to be in control and I was out of control and so that that part of the eating disorder one was the most frightening and I think I was probably at the lowest point when I was really deeply in the bulimia um, it was really unpleasant
0: yeah and, and um i guess why why is it you think that bulimia was um so much harder for you like what why um, why do you think it was
1: i think i can answer that really easily i think it it was probably more about the uh, addictive cycle of it and i think that again that's a reflection on my personality once once you're into that thing you it was very easy to just keep going around the same circle mm. I didn't want to be in it. It made me feel so bad all of the time. I was tired. I was withdrawn, lethargic, not tired, lethargic, all of those things. You know, after a, an eating binge, I was just exhausted, absolutely exhausted. I couldn't do anything else. I had no energy for anything else, but I'd still try and go for a run or, um, you know, try and ride the horse or, it, and and it was impossible I just got no energy because I was mm. just feeding throwing up feeding throwing up and it was horrible
0: yeah I um I wasn't really planning on saying this but you kind of um talking about this has made me feel like I should say it. and I don't I it's not very often that I um no, that's a lot I do I do sometimes open up my stuff on the pod but uh, I actually I haven't um, so I, I used to do for my my bulimia I used to do the kind of um, self induced vomiting as well, and yeah. um, but two days ago I had the urge to to do it again, which I have I haven't done it for two literally I think two years and a bit and um, yeah for so, for some reason I I had what is that I had like I had tea and then I had some like lemon drizzle cake afterwards and I just got this. Um, it kind of, it, I think it's it's brought back into my head just how what's the word like over encompassing or overpowering the emotion is of wanting to do it. It doesn't. It doesn't. Yeah. It, it's not the same as um, thinking you want to do something or. And I don't think it's as, at least from my experience anyway, it's not as obvious as like, this is a thing that's like a bad, a negative thing. It's just, it's, it's like breathing. Like it felt, it felt so natural. Like I literally just started walking to the, the toilet and, I, and I, was, I was, I just, I didn't even think about it. I just started walking and I, and I, and I stopped, luckily yeah, I'm getting a bit emotional here. Luckily I stopped myself God. like two or three steps before the, the door and um, and I just thought, why am I going to? T- I don't need the toilet. And I realised yeah. that's what it was. And uh, yeah, do you do you? So st- almost
1: like conditioned. Yeah. Almost like you were conditioned to it. Okay, that's yeah. interesting. No, I I think I'm 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 preempting your question. I think you're going to ask me whether I still have that mm. any of those sort of feelings. Absolutely not. Oh, um,
0: that's, that's amazing. Hundred percent
1: gone. I'm I'm totally. I'm I'm so pleased to say that. I'm totally free of that, mm. um, which is brilliant. Uh, it's more—it's more the other way. I think if I if I get over emotional or upset or stressed, I tend to go the other way and shut shut down and sort of cut cut out food or don't okay. want to eat. I actually don't want to eat rather than a, a conscious decision not to eat. Um, I think that's probably the default for me. And I'm really pleased about that because, because of how horrible and, and how um, intense I found the bulimia, and um, so no is the answer to that question yeah. now, which is 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 a good thing. But I, I do empathise because I, I know I, I I understand what it's like to be there and to still have that you know even two three years after improving or get starting to get. Better come out of it, you know. It's 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 tough. It's
0: really tough. But yeah. no, not for me. No, that's a no longer My goodness. Yeah, but that that's that's awesome. And and to be with you, I thought I would have answered the same. And like, well, um, I've I've always been able to say that I have some kind of disordered thoughts. But I really thought that the the bulimia thing had had gone. It was we- it was such a weird thing. But I just thought I should share it then because it just kind of reminded me of it. But um, I kind of want to rewind a bit to. Mm because I've got, so I've got these two aspects of your story of the, you came back from France and you went into hospital and then there was a car crash yeah. and you ble- what, how did the yeah. things transition from that? So when d- did you come out of hospital first and then, and then you got in this car accident?
1: Yeah, I think uh, no, no. So yes. Yes. So the, the order went um, hospital. Then I went, I was, I, I'd meant to go and do a degree in, uh, um, an agricultural degree in September but because I was so poorly when I came back from France I didn't take the place up so I in in the the following January I'd found a um a, a sort of student placement at an eventing yard in Oxfordshire so I started that and I was there for a month and um that's when the car accident happened so obviously I was still i think my bones were probably still very weak um, and and uh, we just got t-boned by a, a a bigger car as we were turning across the main roads and i was in the back and just shattered my hip and pelvis so um that's how i ended up in hospital in traction for three weeks mm. so um yeah that's that's when the sort of transition from the anorexia to the bulimia happened mm. because as I said, I needed to start. I, I knew in, in in my head I had to start eating to be able to heal, and um, and it was the. I remember it's weird. I can pinpoint a ham salad that I had, and I put some um, salad cream, little sachet of salad cream on this ham salad, and I thought, oh my god, this is so delicious, and I think that was the that was the like oh right, I, I quite I quite like food, mm-hmm. <laughs> and started to eat a little bit more and yeah and then I got scared I just got really really scared so um that's I think that's how the, the the chain of you know events went into the bulimia
0: what what do you think it was that that scared you was it like a did your body start to change I didn't want or? to put
1: on weight I, yeah. I, I I I don't know whether it did to be quite honest I really don't know whether it did it it is quite a long time ago I can't pinpoint it but I don't think it particularly did. Mm. I think that it was, it was in my head, you know, I can't eat because I am going to put on weight, but I want to eat. And my body is crying out for that nutrition, but I'm too scared to, to let it stay there. It's got to go. It's got Mm. to go.
0: And so I, obviously you're, you know, you're quite, you're very sporty and, and, and I think you do, you do horse riding as well, don't you? Is that right?
1: Yeah, yeah, I do. I, I've done um, quite a lot of eventing prior to picking up running again. Um, oh, when was it? 2013. I started to run properly, mm. um, or with any sort of uh, ambition or desire to do anything particularly, um, you know, competitive in that. Um, so yeah, both both riding and, and and my running, but my my running is my main focus now.
0: Yeah. In terms of sport, how how did sport kind of come into it all? Like when when did you first start? I know you said twenty thirteen is when you started running properly, but how did it all start?
1: Well, as a uh, sort of from very young, I I was always I couldn't sit still, Um, so I was always on the go. Um, Gymnastics when I was seven until about eleven. Then I went to boarding school. We did you know a variety of different sports I was pretty good at running but not you know it never showed itself as anything spectacular um and and then of course my riding my passion was always horses you know I always wanted to just compete that's all I wanted to do and and did that for a, a large chunk of my sort of adult life and um, and then when my son went to school he the school he went to was really into their their running and they had a great sports master who um ran their running side and he started to do more and he'd come home and tell me about it and what the training they were doing I was like going out for some jogs with him and I think I picked it up again from that and really began to enjoy it and I think I'm the kind of person that would quite likes to try and master things so the, the kind of mastery element of of being able to reach your potential if that's the right word or the mm-hmm. the, the peak of what you, you can achieve um was really important to me I wanted to see how far I could take it and I'd net because I was doing riding and running at the same time I um I felt like I was trying to balance too many you know too many or juggle too many balls and not be particularly successful in either so then I I decided right I'm just going to check everything at the running and see what happens um, and that's been a that's been a really interesting time as well I really enjoyed it um, but it certainly made me realize that you need a lot of calories <laughs> a hell of a lot of calories and I don't think I was I just don't think I was putting enough in um, it's only been I would say in the last two years that I've really fueled properly um, yeah. to be able to to operate at the, the level that you want to, to to get the maximum out of your sport
0: yeah and so it's probably a difficult question but do you, you know do you think that um, doing all your sport, do you think it's helped with your eating disorder, or do you think it's made things worse, or yeah, a bit of this both? Is, this
1: this. Uh, I I think this is a really interesting question. Um, when I was first poorly, I think that the any sort of exercise was purely to burn calories. Mm. Um, now I think it's far more about controlling what goes on in my head and mm-hmm. um, so my sport without my sport I don't I'm not quite sure where I'd be because I think it really does help to control whatever is going on in my mind and um, interestingly this morning I, I just had I, as I said to you before we started um, I had a really bad night's sleep and um, I was in a bit of a Rubbish headspace this morning. And I have an SC every Monday at the gym. I jogged down there. I did it, came away with a totally different frame of mind. And I think that that for me is really important because I think I can wallow into a really dark hole if I don't find a way out and sport. And any sort of exercise for me is a way of managing this anxious, active, sometimes dark mind if that makes sense
0: yeah okay. you know
1: I think I can go down that rabbit hole pretty damn quick if I don't find a release
0: mm. so you, what do you mean you kind of um by dark do you mean you kind of start to think negatively about yourself or about
1: oh def- definitely definitely and, and then about every- yes definitely and um, and about every situation around me can go into this very negative space. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I find that, that, and maybe it is that whole, you know, endorphin um, release when you, when you've done some exercise, maybe it is that maybe it is to do with the serotonin and all of those things that Mm -hmm. happen to you when, when you've participated in any sort of exercise. Um, But even if it is that, For me, that's a good thing. That helps me control everything else. So whether it's a a conscious choice, no, I think that's wrong. I don't think it is a conscious choice. I think that there may be an element of replacing one thing with another, but not in a very destructive way. I don't think that the exercise is as destructive as or anything like as destructive as the eating disorder, but I think they, the two hold hands to some degree.
0: Yeah. And that that's, I don't know whether a, you
1: agree with that, but
0: no, I, I 100% do agree with that. Um, and it's, I think it's one of the, it's one of my biggest kind of areas of interest in, in research and and, and things and um, that kind of relationship between eating disorders and exercise and the way that it works. And it is such a difficult thing to, um, traverse and to get away with um in a positive manner because I I 100% am aware that sometimes I exercise compulsively still with the fact that it's not the case of I want to go and do this exercise it's I need to do it um and and I still 100%
1: agree with that yeah yeah Yeah, I, I agree with that
0: yeah. And, and it is, it's so hard to kind of um, move out of that. It is really difficult. And I think um, for me, it's it's trying to make my, and maybe this is, maybe this is how, um, I, I don't tell me if you agree, but um, how this has helped you is I try and make my, exercise goals around performance rather than around calorie burning or around, um, yeah. And I think, I think at least in the research anyway, that it seems that, um, people have higher kind of disordered eating or eating disorder symptoms when they exercise in order to manipulate their weight or shape. So if you're exercising to try and change the way you look or how much you weigh, then, you're more likely to have, or at least you seem to be more likely to have, higher levels of disordered eating symptoms. Okay. Um, so I think I think having that performance aspect of it of I want to do this because I want to change the number, like you know I want to run faster or I want to whatever. Okay. Um, for me, lift heavier weights. Um, you know that that seems to help. That's
1: um, I think that's that's actually a key point for me is going back to the mastery you want to do i want to do everything i can to make sure that i am able i think that's the word able to perform at my best and that means one fueling right two doing the snc and then the running can come after because that's the easy bit almost mm-hmm. you know it's it's the, all those other things the sleep the rest that's, that's another one that I'm rubbish at. You know, I can't sit still for a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, but in order to to recover, you've got to rest. Simple yeah. as that. And uh, I'm not great at that either.
0: Mm. Why, is it, why is it you think you, you struggle at resting?
1: I think that probably goes back to this. I'm, I'm, I don't know if I've ever... Well, I certainly haven't ever been diagnosed with anything like ADHD, but maybe it is that. You know, maybe there is mm. an element of that. I don't know. Years ago, that wasn't a thing, but maybe mm. maybe there is an element of that. You know, I, I, I struggled to sit still. Mm. You've done well here. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> However long we've been chatting.
0: Yeah, we've done. We but doing no, I, I
1: do, I do, I do think it's it's a little bit of you know. I'm just on nervous energy. I'm always on the go. Mm. Um, so I think part of it is that um, part of it is that that whole desire to get rid of that and that angst that that build up of tension or anxiety that's in you and and i find running is a great way to do that mm-hmm. you know even if it's a couple of miles i can feel a whole load better after that than just sitting and getting into this tense state mm-hmm.
0: So so do, me, do you manage yeah. oh sorry i was gonna say do you manage it's to fine. um in regards to you know, just doing a couple miles or or you know are you able to do like little workouts and feel okay because i i sometimes struggle with that sometimes i'll like get halfway through a workout and i'll feel tired and i don't want to do anything but I, that kind of back of my brain says oh you have to do it that you need to finish
1: yeah um that again I, that's that that certainly resonates with me because i am really driven so if I'm if I'm going out to do something I'm doing it you know Mm. regardless of of something falling off or (laughs) you know this is going to be done and and I think that's meant that's my mentality that isn't I don't necessarily think that's associated to the the disordered thoughts or patterns I think that is my personality you know Mm this is the thing. This is the thing. This is what we're doing. Yeah. And, and, and I think actually that can feed back into the, into the loop that, that was the disordered eating, because of course I'm, if I'm driven to do something, I'm going to do it. And so it was just the same pattern, Mm. same patterns of behavior with, within the disordered eating.
0: Yeah. And I think, I think as long as, um, you know, that's the the thing pushing behind it behind because you know people I think I often speak to people about the idea of you know athletes wanting to be great and wanting to you know p- you know, go for mastery like you're saying and you know how can they do that without doing excessive amounts of exercise and and you know working you know focusing on their nutrition and paying attention to that. And I think you know it's not about that people shouldn't push to be for greatness or whatever you want to say. It's just about that, the reasons underpinning it. If the reasons are, you know, I want yeah. to achieve mastery, I want to do that, that's great. It's just my my worry is, and at least from my personal experience and from the people I speak on the podcast, is a lot of the time people attach their self-worth to their ability to achieve that mastery, and that's yeah. where the issue
1: comes in. I, I think it was on um, your podcast a couple of weeks ago that, that that point came up um, and I, I think that's that's actually quite interesting about the almost about the motives behind what you're doing and the reasons why and I think I think within the whole umbrella of, of this eating disorders this um, attachment to performance and self-worth i think we can say oh i'm doing it for this reason or i'm doing it for that reason but that there has to be an authentic reason behind why that you are doing this thing and Mm -hmm. i think there is an element of an eating disorder that can be used as a cover-up i'm not sure i'm making much sense here but as in You you can say I'm doing it for this reason, but actually that isn't the driver. Yeah. And uh, I actually genuinely believe uh, at the grand old age of 48 that I'm doing it because I want to do it, not to cover up an eating disorder or uh, a problem with eating. It's now, it was without doubt, Mm. but it's morphed. You know, this thing, whatever it was, has morphed into actually i i can try and be really good at this thing but in order to achieve that you have to fuel properly you have to rest properly you have to do all the things that we've already talked about um but i think i definitely believe there's an element of people saying that but not being authentic about it yeah i think it's it's a very good cover-up
0: yeah, and uh, you know, and I, I don't even think, and I, you, I imagine you agree with me on this, but I don't even think people realize it. I think you know, it's not, it's no. not that people are lying. Like you know, I, no. I know if, if you had asked me, you know, um, for three or four years ago when I, I was in my kind of worst of my disordered eating if I had an eating disorder I'd be like are you kidding no I'm just I'm just really like you know I just love eating healthily and and brackets there and you know um you know, I just love I love you know, being in, I'm really into fitness and I'm just you know, I love it um but you know now I can see that that wasn't the case and I think it takes some kind of um, self-discovery and understanding how, yeah. how you're actually thinking and feeling and that kind of leads me on to my next question because you, you you articulate yourself very well around this whole thing and you seem to you kind of understand the way you're thinking about things and so how, how did you start to kind of get to grips with this?
1: I think it's been a very long very slow process and it I honestly do believe that it's only been in my 40s that I have really got on, on top of it and, and and opened up to myself that this has been an issue since I was 17, this thing has been an issue. I didn't really know, as I, I tried to explain, it's like trying to unscramble eggs and you, it's very, mm-hmm. that's almost, well, that's impossible to do, but it, all right, untangle the spaghetti. Um, and again, that's pretty hard too, but I think there's so much it, entanglement between the mental health aspect and the physical side. So if you're a, if you're a physical, you know, person, you want to exercise and do all those things, that's, that's great. But also if you've, if you're struggling inside your head um, and you struggle to articulate yourself, which I definitely did when I was younger and, and still do to a greater or lesser extent now. Sometimes I get jumbled up and can't get things out properly and I'm terrible at, at Zoom meetings and things. I can just clam up. Um, so I think, I think that in, in some ways there's such an entanglement of all of these things and it's, it almost takes a, a, a really slow step by step sort of ref, reflection pl- process to see what's happened. What, I mean, almost taking a, a, a step back and going, what the hell happened there? I mean, and that happened and then that and that, bloody hell. And, and sometimes it's just a little tiny thing that makes you go, ah, oh, now, Maybe I was really anxious, anxious as a child. Maybe I was struggling mentally since the age of five. I don't know. I, I don't know whether that's true or not, but I think all of those things have fed into this, this issue. And, and and it has been just a, a step-by-step process of, of lo- almost looking back. And I, I think I've said to you on a, you know, when we were talking before, the whole hindsight thing is great because it gives you time to reflect, time to look back on things and think, oh, yeah, that, that. oh, yeah, that. Um, all these things that have fed into the problem, mm. as it were. I don't know. I'm probably racking.
0: No, no, it's it's, it's interesting. So do, you never did anything kind of like official, like you never did any like counselling or anything like that, because normally
1: people have to have this... All sorts of things, yeah. You know i tried all sorts of things um i had well i ended up in um at one point a private hospital in london and had some oh what's it oh flipping it cbt
0: yeah
1: is it cbt yeah cbt um i never, never I don't know whether it would have helped now but it certain. i certainly didn't find it helped I me mean, at, at any point I was quite stubborn I didn't really want to embrace it or and um, allow it to help me if that made at that age and um, it was more a, a not a self-discovery but I needed I needed to just work it out for myself and mm. um, so med- medical in- intervention was there early on without you know without a shadow of doubt. Um, but um in terms of therapy no i yeah. i didn't really engage in any therapy as such
0: yeah that's that's interesting cuz you like like for me therapy helped me so much but it's really cool to hear obviously you know different things work for different people so it's really cool to hear like other people's aspects and hearing like a success story from someone um who you know didn't have the you know didn't do the same path as me i suppose um, sorry, that's my I dog don't think, barking.
1: That's fine. <laughs> I don't think that we, uh, when I was, I think there was so much help available. I don't think this thing was talked about uh, in any way as much as it is now. I think that this is a much more open conversation than it ever was 20, 25 years ago. You know, it, it, it certainly had a, oh, bulimia, a like, huge stigma attached to it. Um, so I think I think we're in a much better place to talk about it and have the conversations about it now.
0: And that's that I think I think, yeah, that's one of the reasons why I set up this podcast was to have these conversations so that people could uh, hear it and maybe feel more comfortable to speak about it. So would you um, I guess I already know your answer, but, you know, for people listening who might be going through something like like you have been through. And like I have been through do you think that they you know, would you recommend talking about it with somebody
1: yeah definitely I think that's that's the most important thing is is to talk about it I think um this is a really interesting uh just it, it it's two words and I I heard it when I think it was Lenny Henry on Louis Through's um lockdown podcast and he, he said that when he was growing up, he suffered from um, feelings, constipation, <laughs> and that really resonated with me because I think that sometimes when you're in the throes of, of any sort of mental health problem or issue... Um, Everything can be very much dampened down or heightened, and um, I think certainly for me, when I heard Lenny Henry talking about the the, the feelings constipation in growing up and in, in his childhood, um, that really resonated with me because I think I just squashed everything down mm. um, and and stopped feeling. And I think as I've got older, I've I I've allowed myself to feel and I do now feel things i have probably gone way the other way and now I feel everything very intensely so that makes me quite passionate and I think that's all part of the, the driven personality so yeah I think do talk about it don't squash it down don't 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 try and bury it because that just comes out in other bad places i think that would be my advice
0: and, and brilliant advice as well and um yeah thank you so much lucy for coming on the podcast today um i'm conscious of the time and also it seems that we're getting some slight internet problems so i feel like it's a good time to for us to try and wrap things up um I hope you've enjoyed yourself. I have, if you're a listener, you may already know this, but I have three questions that I ask to everyone at the end. Um, Is it okay if I go with them now?
1: You can try me, yeah.
0: (laughs) Okay. Um, (laughs) Don't worry about thinking time. Allow yourself to think if you need to. So question one is... Uh, name a person, either real or fictional, who has inspired you in your life.
1: Um, I actually, um, this might sound a bit weird, but I think the lyrics that this guy writes are so powerful and I get very moved by by my music. So I think actually um, I'm going to say um, Passenger. Oh. I don't know if you know the artist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think some some of his work and some of his lyrics are just out of this world. I think he's amazing. So yeah, um, yeah. that's a weird one, but for me... No,
0: it's it's not weird. It's actually funny you say because I'm actually very much the same. I, I often, I have like a, a YouTube playlist of, I love covers. I love when people do slow versions of songs where you can really yeah. hear the lyrics and like appreciate the lyrics. Yeah. And I often... Um, we will just like lie in bed and listen to the to the covers and just like i get i get so emotional as well the same as like you're saying i i often I, do. I,
1: do. I often
0: tear up and like i get so into music i absolutely love 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 music if anyone out there is listening this is gonna this is really i always forget the name of this song but it's literally my favorite song in the whole world the reason i forget i'm gonna get it up on my phone the reason i forget is because the the title of the song has nothing to do with the actual Um, lyrics at all. So it's called "From Under Liquid Glass" by Peace, and honestly, like that is my anthem. It's 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 all basically about like mental health. It's about the the art that the the guy wrote it. Whichever one of them wrote it, set is basically talking about how when you're struggling with your mental health um it feels like everyone else around you is thriving everyone else is like moving on everyone else is getting better and you're just stuck at home in your bedroom with your big with, he, he says part of my french but he says with your big fucking mental head and that's that's the song and it's just it's beautiful
1: um i'm gonna i'm gonna go and find that because yeah that's completely me <laughs> i can be that person
0: yeah, honestly, the song I listen to it on repeat. <laughs> I love it. Uh, okay. okay, question, question yep. two. Um, yeah, a moment that you didn't like at the time, but now looking back, you know that positives came from it.
1: Mm, that's that's okay. That's really interesting. But I'm gonna say, um, I'm gonna say, going to boarding school because I hated it, but. definitely taught me resilience mm. and it taught me to weather whatever weather whatever storm came and I think I'm really grateful for that now mm. so yeah I think going away to school even though it was really uncomfortable because I was so homesick but yeah that would be I think that would be one of my things brilliant i'm sure there's loads more but i'm just a bit on the spot so yeah no
0: no it's good good answer thank you and the final one is a phrase to live by
1: okay just do the right thing the rest doesn't matter
0: oh just do the right thing the rest doesn't matter. i like that i like that where have you got that from
1: (laughs) um i i follow a thing on instagram um, I think it's called the Daily Stoic, okay. and yeah, I was just on there, and I really like that. I think that's um, I'm a big, big, big uh, fan of doing or trying to do the right thing and being honest and authentic and acting with integrity. And I think that sort of encapsulates my feelings about that. So yeah, yeah,
0: that re- I really like that. I really like that just do the right things it's the only thing that matters what was it again is that right nothing else matters what was it do the right yeah, thing just
1: do the right thing the rest doesn't matter the rest the rest matter. doesn't
0: matter I love that I absolutely love that um good,
1: yeah. yeah
0: well Lucy thank you so much again for for coming on this podcast I hope you had a good time
1: no thank you for having me um I'm sorry the internet was a bit dodgy in places I hope it's uh I'm
0: not all right. it will it'll be fine um the, i have the, the wonders of editing i can make it sound <laughs> i'll skip over all the little bits um yeah i think well i think we we end up speaking close to an hour anyway i think or at least 50 minutes or so so
1: yeah been yeah. a good
0: one um yeah everyone okay, <laughs> everyone listening at home thank you so much again for making it all the way through one of the episodes and i hope to see you at the next one bye thank you so much for listening to that episode here at my minds we're trying to raise awareness for all the things that we speak about in this podcast so please if you can give it a share each and every one of you has the potential to help us with that also if you want to check out myminds.com please do you can see all our social media things on there and we'd love to have you contributing more as a part of our community thank you